The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by L.L. Bavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, and the Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. On the show today, all Terrence Ross. No. The first game of the Jimmy Butler era, we'll talk about that. The separation of Drew Hanlon and Markel Fultz, finally and mercifully, and the possible unbanning of one Bill Simmons. That's right. Never thought I would say it, but possible unbanning of one's Bill Simmons. Wanted to mention uh, two things. First of all, I was plugging a big announcement tonight. It's not going to come tonight. <laughs> I'm very sorry. We, uh, we're working through some issues. But in lieu of that, uh, some big news. Next Friday, we're bringing back a couple of T-shirts that people have been asking for for a long time. There will be a Black Friday sale for Rights to Ricky Sanchez t-shirts. Mike, we're bringing back the shirt with the names on the back. Oh, uh, the names. Yes. How, how, how many people of the names, of the 100 names on that shirt, only two people are Sixers still? <laughs> right, and one of them's the general manager. Oh, three, uh, three. Uh, yeah. Three, three, right. three. So uh, the only difference is it'll be our new logo on the front instead of the old logo. Um, as soon as AU mentioned the, uh, the thing about his dad after his dad passed away, I'm like, you know what? We need to do this shirt again. So we'll have that shirt. The Process or Die shirt is coming back for the first time ever. The Rebel Normal Collars t-shirt will be for sale and the, uh, the Process Hall of Fame. So we'll Cancel your that. Black Friday plans. Yep. They're coming to us. <laughs> You gotta. You don't have to wait outside of Best Buy all night to get these T-shirts. Nope, nope, nope. So that'll be next Friday. We'll have a link for you soon. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderous pair. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke powder to push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who was begging me to make this a Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, but I said, no, we must carry on with the Sixers. That is Mike Levin. What up? I was watching that uh, Wolves-Pelicans game, and... Just miss. I miss our guys. I miss them. They're sweet boys. I hope that Minnesota appreciates them. They seemed to be a little sluggish, playing well. Just sort of not. Their hearts not into it yet. They still. Their hearts in Philly. Their hearts in the process. At least they're they're together. It's like they are freshmen in college, and and they went with their their rooming with their best friend. Yeah. Which means they'll hate they'll hate them by the end of the first. No, class. no, no, no. <laughs> Every time like like Dario's like looking to help people up and then like him and Covington high five like going into a timeout. Ah. I get emotional. What can I say? Actually, before we get into the Sixers, uh, the Willie Green five-star Apple podcast review. Mike, bad news for you, bad news for everyone. We're 1,995 oh. f- five-star ratings. Five Are those more. different people? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? 
Yeah, you can't do it more than once. Mm. Uh, When we get to 2000, I will read all the reviews from the last time to this time. Last time it took me four hours. Voter fraud, I don't believe, is real almost at all. But I do believe that (laughs) Ricky iTunes reviews, there's some faulty things going on. Make it happy. Get us to 2000. End it. Uh, This week's review comes from Isoko510. A semi-weekly jewelry and personal injury podcast in which Ben Simmons' personal assistant physically forces the fastest elderly man in all of media Pennsylvania to say mean things about his second or third favorite NBA team. Five stars. Pretty solid. Um, Pretty accurate. Subject line. It was a good one. It was a good one. All right. So the Jimmy Butler game. Here he is. Jimmy Butler is a member of the Sixers. First thing we learn is that the starting lineup would be uh, Wilson Chandler along with Redick are the two guys inserted in the starting lineup along with Butler. We theorize that maybe it would be Shamit. I do think uh, looking at them, it's weird. Like I think uh, Chandler is the best fit for the starting lineup, mm-hmm. but it does leave the bench a bit thin. I mean, it's a pretty thin bench. When when you start Chandler, yeah, like yeah, so. I I hear the Chandler starting. I think uh, just making Jimmy comfortable of like having a vet there and not worrying about Shamit's like rookiness. Like I think Shamit's good and I think he's like a solid player and he knows what he's doing out there. But he's still a rookie, so he's gonna make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And just having him out, having Jimmy out there with Wilson is just like, yo, we got some vets. It's real. This is the real deal. I'm fine with it. Also, Wilson was on a minutes restriction, so he couldn't play the whole game. So it felt. Uh, a little, a little, a little heavy on the mascala, especially yeah. tonight. Um, but yeah, I'm fine with the lineup. I'm fine with it. I think, uh, I think they they now have. I'm just ready to call for Ken Korkmaz like a a good bench shooter. Just like I'm there. I've been there for yeah. a long time, and now I have the evidence. Shocker. I have evidence that that it, it's real. Shocker uh, that you're there. You've uh, you've always been so long to. Yeah, I like it always takes you so long to get convinced right. that someone's good. Well, I'm skeptical. I'm a skeptical guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, he's That's great. Come on, good, he's yeah. great, and he's got some. He's got some moves. He's got uh, the floater tonight. Beautiful. Um, and uh, as I tweeted, three straight games with multiple threes after zero games with multiple threes his entire career. So play for Ken, for the love of God. Uh, so I'm fine with I'm fine with having two shooters off the bench. Uh, they clearly just need another big body defendy type. Uh, mm-hmm. So especially if you're starting Chandler, Butler, and Simmons, who are your only three real wing defenders, um, having another guy like that where that you can can switch like one through four and be okay with, I think would be really helpful. So sometimes, again, this depth thing, like as I like the starting lineup, the depth is clearly an issue, but it's November. Like yeah, it's, it's going to take a little. Death yeah. doesn't death doesn't matter in November. Like I, I'm I'm totally fine playing these the guys on the bench, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. Uh, give Bolden some run. Give Corkmas more run. Would love if they if Demetrius Jackson happened to be a like a Alex Poitras body type. Why do they have two point guards as their two way guys? I'm not really sure. Other than Demetrius Jackson being like a good guy, uh, and maybe TJ Insurance. I don't know. I'd rather have a, a wing there. Um, but again, it's November, so this is like a really easily correctable problem over the next three, four months. Uh, so I'm not, that, I'm not that nervous about depth yet. Well, and that's, you, you know, I, before they, 
they obviously the roster is constructed in a way, and they just traded, you know, two rotation guys for one rotation guy, something that we mentioned on the last pod, which is going to thin them out mm-hmm. one way or another, no matter what you thought of either guy. Uh, even though they were both wonderful, you uh, that thins them out. In, in <laughs> no matter respect. what you thought of either guy, if you thought the other thing, you were wrong. Yes, correct. You you would disagree? <laughs> no, I just you were, you were giving them like a like an out, but then saying, but it is true that you would be wrong if you thought the yeah, wrong things. Yeah, absolutely. So the but the other thing they need to do is I, I think before. There's two ways they can acquire another guy, right? They can trade for him or they could pick them up off the the scrap heap after the, the trade deadline. Chances are that the more valuable guy is going to come via a trade. And I think it would be smart of them to see how this thing works before they give up anything of any value in a trade. Not that... Not that uh, if it's not working great, it doesn't mean it won't work next year. But mm-hmm. like, if if they're really working through things, and you know, they, they they traded two of their most valuable trade assets in the last trade, and I think they they have to be uh, picky with what they do in the final thing. So I have no problem with them waiting a little no, while and seeing if if they can turn one of the guys that we don't think is a rotation guy, or I don't think is a rotation guy, uh, Bolden or, or Korkmaz into a rotation guy. Ah, uh, um, just disagree. Uh, Korkmaz, ex- is, what, Korkmaz is better than Kyle Korver right now. Better. Right now. Ha- well, works harder. No. Has the virility of youth. Beautiful eyes. Korver's past his prime, physically, uh, facially, all of it. Well I, well, I agree on facially. Of one million percent, I... He is not as nearly as handsome anymore, and I'm not. I'm not into Kyle Korver. Maybe you know, uh, scrap heap Kyle Korver, but I wouldn't trade anything for Kyle Korver. No, people was, are pretty obsessed with getting Kyle Korver. They really are. There was a I, I, some non-reputable site that said like Sixers could have Korver for uh, Zaire Smith, Korkmaz, Jonah Bolden, and a early second-round pick. It's like no, no, dude, that's not a trade that anyone's <laughs> gonna make. So I mean, Corver's fine. I think well, he, I, would, I would be happy to oh, own him on the team, but he's going to get exposed in the playoffs. Like you don't need another guy that's going to get exposed defensively in the playoffs. You just don't. There's yeah. just no reason to get another guy. Like there's not. You can get some. You can get it. I'd rather take a chance on a, a D league guy with athleticism who's like got a developing jumper that can at least body on defense and like maybe fit into the scheme and stuff. Like you know, Alfonso McKinney was nowhere and on nobody's radar, and then all of a sudden. The Raptors had him, and he played well, and then the Warriors signed him, and now he's playing, like, crunch time minutes and is a valuable player. Like, find that kind of guy. What? Uh, okay, so what was your excitement level for for the Jimmy Butler debut? Like, all day, you're thinking about it. Where are you with Jimmy Butler debut? Because this this was, I, I think maybe because, not maybe, because I was so sad to see the other guys go, I missed the moment of this is like the thing. Yeah. Like they just traded for the third guy. Right. You know? And I don't think uh, we it, talked about that enough on the last podcast, although we did get quite a bit of praise for our last podcast, which I don't know if it was warranted. Uh, I will say now that like giving it a holy shit moment, like they have the third guy. And I, and like we we did talk about Covington and Dario being like, oh my God, these guys fucking got us a top 20 player. That's beautiful, and I love mm-hmm. them for it. But people saying, including one John Gonzalez, who we both know and, I mean, like a little sometimes. Yeah, he's, he's fine. 
sometimes not objectionable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he had an article on TheRinger.com that was basically saying, like, the process is over. And it's like, look, we can, we can the process has been over for 70, 75 years. Every time something happens, it's like the process is over. We traded for Ishmith again, and the process was over. And then the, yeah. Colangelo came and went, and the process was over. Like, there's, everyone's going to find a reason to do it. But certainly packaging good players that were acquired in specific cheap ways to trade for a star is not the end of the process. That's the whole point of it. The whole point of the process right. was getting guys and getting enough assets and working it out to where you can put yourself in a position to make a James Harden-like trade. That's what Houston did. That's how. That, there's not that many of those trades, but you've got to put yourself in the position to be one of the teams that can offer an enticing enough package to trade for a stud. And they did. They did it. That was always the point. That was always the fucking point. And so it worked. We got him. And that is as as down the middle process as anything's ever been. And, and and also the fact that there's the risk profile is high on Jimmy because A, expiring contract would have to sign him and his and his old, you know, all the mileage that he's put under his knees uh, to a big long term contract if he wants to stay here. And also the locker room issues and stuff. So saying like, hey, we're gonna take a risk on this guy who has the talent and is currently playing. And we think we're going to be able to make it work when other teams are scared off by it. That's also very processy. That's also incredibly, it's like the, it's, it's not quite, it's not the exact same thing as Tony Roten, but like in the same theory of like, yo, this guy's really good. Nobody else wants him. Well, we're going to be the team that gets him and he's going to be the, like, he's going to succeed with us. And so just wanted to say that like, this is the Sixers getting Jimmy Butler. They did it in the most processy way possible. The process continues. It will never die. It lives and dies with Joel Embiid. Uh, we have the guys. We have everybody. And, I feel and great by about the, it. By the way, they traded for him, and they started using TTP in there. Yes. <laughs> I did so, notice that. Hashtag on. TTP. Huh. Yep. Where have I well, seen that you know what? before? It, it is another sign that we were right. Oh, as if we needed I, another I one. Take, well, I'll take them. Yeah. I'll always take another sign That's that right. we were right. So... Uh, yeah, so I, I would I would say that as as the day went on, and uh, you know I was I was on was on with um, our midday show yesterday, and then uh, with Joe Giglio tonight. And Joe is we like our thing for the hour between six and seven is are these three guys good enough to be the core of a championship team? And I actually, believe it or not, was arguing yes. Yeah. And not, not as they are. Um, I think, uh, I, I think the. In addition to the fit thing, and of course the surrounding cast, are these three guys enough? I think Simmons still has a step to take for them to be there. But if you look, talent, talent alone. That's all I'm doing is looking talent alone. And this is why they did it. If you look at any team besides Golden State and you look at top three guys, they're right there. And um, I would argue that the top three guys are better than um, Boston and better than Milwaukee and better than Toronto. Um, you know, Houston is tough because their top two are so good. It makes it a, a, a difficult, you know, conversation. But but that, that was the point, and uh, I was excited to watch him play, and um, as bummed as I was to see Covington and, and, uh, and Dario go, I was excited to watch it. So it was a, a big moment for, 
for all of us, I think, as we, you know, to watch this self-proclaimed incredible human being play his first game for the 76ers was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It feel it. I, the, the team clearly has a long way to go. And yeah. And I think cohesiveness wise, coaching wise, uh, just depth rotations, all of it. They, they, there's the team that they are right now. I don't believe will look like at least on court product wise, like it will in no. March, April. Um, but I think you're right in the sense that everyone says, look, the NBA is a superstar league and you need to have superstars in order to compete. Sixers have the idea, at least, of three of them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Three all NBA type players right now. And that's that's crazy. That's crazy cool. Like the I remember doing podcasts about Andrew Bynum and whether he'll play and if he'll ever play and if the trade was still worth it when he never played. And now I don't feel like that much of a different person. And the Sixers now have three top 25 players, all NBA type players. And that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, we will just say that it's because of Sam and because of ownership's temporary patience and approval and what Sam was doing until the league stepped in and the ownership just lost their balls and all that stuff. But that's why we have, that's why we have these guys. And we were along for the ride. We are the consistency yep. that this organization uh, <laughs> lacked for so long. It's us. <laughs> and, and it's just uh, to appreciate for a second that like having these guys all on the court together at the same time and they're like for the Sixers and the Sixers remain putting aside the all the crazy fucking shit that's happened to or with the Sixers in the last six years. The Sixers are just on court wise and talent wise one of the most interesting teams in the league and, and, and one of the teams that you look at it and think if, if things work out they could legitimately contend for a title now they're not there yet i think just no. cohesiveness wise but i i think that you're right and that the pieces that they have are absolutely the kinds of pieces you need to compete for a title and actually get there before we get to the actual game itself uh let's talk about our sponsor draft king draft that's right kings draft kings is back bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings. The number one, the leader rather, in one week fantasy sports. Mike, ask me how huge. Ask me, how huge are they? How huge are they? Talking over $2 million in mm. total prizes. If you $2 had started Corkmaz tonight, would you have gotten $2 million for that alone? No, no, I don't think so. Corkmaz and uh, nobody else? No. <laughs> I don't think you would have gotten DraftKings re rewards boldness, though. So I will, I will say, consider it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Value. It's a value proposition. Mm. Everything's a value proposition. With one week fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play. You draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. And with basketball, you're drafting a new team every night, football every week. At DraftKings, you are the GM. Just choose your players if your dad hires you and stay under the salary cap. <laughs> And see if your team stacks up against the competition in a positive way, in which case you could win money. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. Plus, DraftKings has created an all-new way to play fantasy where you draft players from just one game. 
So you, you barely even have to know anything. Um, there's never been a better way to make the primetime games more exciting. Do you need more reason to tune in to Suns Hawks? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> put it all on that game and you'll find out. Yep. Or uh, New Orleans, Philadelphia this weekend. You try it. Go to DraftKings.com or download the app today. Use code RTRS to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over $2 million in total prizes. That's code RTRS only at DraftKings. The game inside the game, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So the game uh, starts off tonight with Joel Embiid knocking down a few threes. Uh, Jimmy Butler really, like, I would say that the game overall was definitely everyone um, feeling each other out and then Embiid at the end maybe trying to do a little too much. We, I expected, I don't know what you expect from Butler, I thought we were going to get the, I'm going to show everybody that I'm worth the trade Butler. Mm. And instead we got, I'm just one of the guys Butler. Yeah. I was expecting right. the second one. I was, I was, I predicted okay. seven of 14 from the field for 21, kind of close six of 12 from the field for 14. Um, okay. they, yeah, he just kind of blended in. I think it was more of an MB, like this is my team kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not too much problem with it, but the reason you get look, okay. The game was a very frustrating game. i they let Orlando score 20 straight in the, in the late, in the 20, early fourth. 21, I thought. Really I bad. Sure. You can't yeah. do that. And that's, and that's on everybody. That's on Brett for, not letting that, for letting that happen. That's on Ben for being a point guard and not being able to get a bucket in there to settle things down. That's on everybody. Uh, some, that can't happen. It's the fucking magic. Um, and so that, that seems to be a thing that continues to happen. Uh, where they just sort of collapse for three or four minutes at a time, and all of a sudden the lead has evaporated, and, and then they can't like r- gather themselves and, and come away with the win. Um, but I will say, like, I'm gonna try not to. I'm gonna try to brush this off because I was it was a frustrating game. But fucking Utah is losing to Dallas by 50 right now. That's a true thing. San Antonio is about to lose to Phoenix. Uh, Memphis beat Milwaukee. Like, it's just a weird night. No one feels... I feel like there's very few teams that actually feel very good about themselves. Toronto lost uh, to, to Detroit at home. I feel like there's very few teams in the league that feel good right now. If you remember early in the season, like, Oklahoma City dropped their first four, and it's like, are they real? Are they? Is it over for them? And they're 9-5 now. Like, it's early. It's really early, and everybody's just trying to drum up interest and stuff. Well, they, they, are, they are better without that the, the doofus playing point guard, though. Right, I mean, they're playing without Westbrook. I think they've won like nine of ten, Oklahoma City. Yeah, it is. It's it. The whole thing's. I I wasn't. Um, I was not like. It was a frustrating game, in uh, in that they blew a sixteen point lead to Orlando in the fourth quarter. But it didn't really bother me that much. I it it didn't look like when I was watching the game. I'm like, well, this doesn't really look like a team at all. You know, there were uh, a couple of nice moments where I think the first play Jimmy Butler ran a pick and roll. And I was like, look at that. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen someone except for J.J. Redick uh, run one of those where it looked like something in two years. So um, that was cool to see. Um, 
I don't know. I I, just, I didn't take much from anything tonight except for that DJ Augustine is still playing major minutes mm-hmm. on a NBA team, mm-hmm. which is shocking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's I what I took from it tonight aside from the very annoying moments and you know a couple. Uh, aggravating offensive foul calls and JJ being out of bounds and just some frustrating, uh, stupid moments, uh, is that it's going to work. I, I just think it's going to work. I don't know. I can't pretend to know about the locker room and, and how the personalities are going to mesh. Everyone's excited that Jimmy sat between Ben and Joel at like a team dinner. That's very nice. Um, but at least on the court, I just think it's going to work. I think the guys are going to figure it out. They're just too talented not to. Watching Jimmy Butler not only not, not only work a pick and roll, but like drive to the basket and like Mm-hmm. shoot a shot and the shot to go in in a reasonable way it's just a level of of a basketball player that we haven't seen on this team in a while and easily the Sixers best like wing player since Julius like who's the best like like straight up 2-3 well, type player Iguodala yeah Jimmy's better especially on offense right. uh, so just that's it's it, nice to look at and sort of inspiring and being like oh this is fun this what did you I watch other teams play and like each one more is getting a basket like in a normal person way and the Sixers don't have anybody like that can do that and so seeing Jimmy do that and you know also getting a lot of his buckets off the ball was an inspiring thing uh, Embiid passing really really well obviously he didn't shoot well from the inside at all there's no reason to shoot two of thirteen on two point shots against the fucking Magic when you're going up against Vucevic for most of it. Um, but yeah, I think they're figuring it out. I think Embiid certainly was out of the paint a lot to let to let things happen inside, yep. whether it's Ben or Joel or Ben or Jimmy. Uh, he only went to the line four times, Embiid did. Um, did have a triple-double. Did have a triple-double. Th- he yeah. had nine assists, and then they like gave him an assist over the timeout. Like I, I don't know if I trust that. Uh, or like, nah, I trust it. It was a way. They're not going to do that in a away game if it's not if it's, it's not. It's more insulting in a loss, actually. To to like sneak yeah. him a triple double, be like, "Hey, congratulations, we beat you, even though you got a triple double." Like it's sort of like a low key uh, insulting move. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Embiid just started with the ball too many times, like getting ready to break his man down off the dribble from twenty three feet away, and so yeah. I think they're going to find ways to work it together, and and Jimmy old know the playbook better next time and they'll actually work him in. They, they, he's, he did more standing around than I think he will be will be doing. But uh, Wilson Chandler looked really good. Hit some shots. Drove a little bit. Uh, JJ played really well. Uh, driving Wilson and Chandler's th- thick as hell, man. Yeah, I love, I love a thick thick Will. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I think I just I just watching them all play together and seeing the, the five-man uh, starting lineup on the court together. It's just like, oh, this is good. This, these are good players. I think they, you know, if Wilson Chandler especially can be a guy that can hit, well, if she, if he can shoot like thirty seven percent from three, like that'd be great. That'd be great. That's then it like opens things up to be okay. We can, we can, we have enough balance across the board here to to be really really tough to cover, and the and the defense is is there as well. So. Just watching it made me think that, like, oh, this is going to work. As frustrating as it was to lose the fucking magic. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I, my, my real question is: there were my my eternal question with this three guy thing is what Ben is doing when he doesn't have the ball, and uh, because he is not a threat to shoot, so. 
it's sort of weird in that um, he almost has to be when there is there is uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, Joel Embiid action or something like they ran a couple of things where there were like two screeners in a pick and roll and like he almost has to be there or something mm-hmm. so he, he's that that is the tricky thing and that's where he's gonna have to I, again the shot thing where, where I, I don't mean to belabor it and it's not gonna happen this year but for him to fit with these three guys and I've, I've gotten in many offline arguments with uh, Ben Dietrich over the last two weeks, who is, uh, his new take is that Ben Simmons is as good, if not better than Giannis, which I thought you would enjoy. Um, he is just being used in the wrong way. And he keeps telling me he doesn't need to shoot. And I just, I can't fucking get over it. It's, it's wonderful. And I, at one point I was like, Ben, you... You can, I'm not a Twitter guy. You can't. I'm not arguing this with you. I absolutely refuse. Um, I'm really interested to see Ben try to f- figure that out this season without shooting, and then hopefully shooting in the following season because it's going to be a little tricky. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think over the last few games, I've seen him do a better job of cutting off ball and getting just more easy dunks. Over the last couple games, he shot in nine of the last ten games. He shot over fifty percent from the floor. So he's getting better looks for himself. There's a couple games over the season and last season when he shoots like, you know, 6 of 20 or something like that. Where he's just like, he just can't sort of find a good spot on the court to to get easy buckets from. Where he's sort of in that in-between space. Where he's he's got to move around a lot. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. He can't stand there. Yeah. He has to just run around, if for nothing else, to make his move, his man follow him around yeah. a little bit. And I'd love to know? see Simmons, Butler pick and rolls with Embiid, whether it's underneath or in the corner or... Rolling. I mean, Simmons Butler pick and rolls is really tough to stop because you're either going under the screen or you're getting Ben on a mismatch or you're passing it to Ben and he's finding people on a short roll or he's just that's an easy lob. Like there's just there's just a lot there that you have to cover and two guys that are really versatile. Um, so I'd like to see some some of that for sure. Um, but yeah, it's I just think it's gonna work. I think that they absolutely need to move around more, and I'd say that for everybody on the team. Like we talked about this yeah. a couple weeks ago, when Embiid gets the ball in the post, it's just everybody standing still, and sort of spacing the court, but not spacing it in a way that, like, makes it hard on the defense. It's just the defense has to decide do we double or not, and then make him pass it out. Embiid has done a good job of passing lately, but I'd love to get open looks out of Embiid in the post if guys are setting down screens and capitalizing on the team trying to double them quickly, like make it hard for them. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's all, it's all going to keep coming. I, I, that's, that's something that, that one of my bigger concerns is like, why is Brett not drawing up more action when the ball goes into Embiid in the post? Is it just a simplified for him? Or is it because like he thinks it's, you know, he, easier to score if nobody's moving. I, I don't really know. Uh, I The other thing that I took from this game is, on, on the positive note, is Shamit, like, Shamit hit a couple of, like, really pro-looking shots. Mm-hmm. There was, like, the floater in the lane. And uh, he just moves around like a pro, mm-hmm. man. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by him. He does look so fucking skinny to me. Um, really skinny. Yeah. Like, too small for his size, yeah. but he can he can play, man. That that dude, um, I it's I'd like to have him as a sixer for a long time. It seems like he's going to be a legit uh, legit player. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about faults? Yeah, he had a, a 
you want to talk about him in this game and then yeah the, uh, he he had a pretty good game i thought he did yeah look at you saying it first <laughs> what he had a pretty good game i appreciate I that thought he, I, I thought he had a pretty good game i like he's and look if his only real shot is going to be that 13-foot jumper, mm-hmm. he's always going to be tremendously limited. But it is nice to see him, um, like, especially after, like, what will always be known as the free throw, uh, come <laughs> out there. so many of those. But this was the one. I mean, come on, the yeah. free throw of all free throws. Uh I, I, you know, he had a, he had a pretty nice game. I, I thought I, he, there was a chance that he was going to look like a, a total fucking disaster tonight after mm-hmm. what had happened. And he had been on a three game streak of not looking good and then retweeting that you can't trust nobody, even though he's not on social media and all of those things. But, um, he had a pretty nice game. I thought, yeah, he was hitting shots. He, uh, he's, he has sort of has a knack for like weird rebounds, weird offensive rebounds inside and finishing uh, just like in like a kind of an uncomfortable way. He's kind of just got a knack for finishing like that. Um, been more aggressive. He had one where he was just like, I'm just going to take, I think it was Jaron Grant off the dribble and just like spin my way into getting, it was kind of a faulty clumpy thump actually now that I think about it, uh, where he finished inside off the roll. Um, yeah, I think, look, I, in terms of starting, He's the guy that had to be, he had to be the odd man out here. Like, he had to be. There's no way you can start Fultz with these guys. And I don't, I don't ever want to see this season at this point, now that we're, now that we're all in on this season. And not, not, not that the window is closing, although, you know, there's a lot of things to count on with Embiid's health and Butler's knees yeah. uh, that, like, the, the window is, exists in the next like three years, four years maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're probably going to be not super happy with if you sign, uh, if you sign it, uh, Jimmy to the max that you're going to be unhappy with the last year or two of that for sure. Um, but hopefully still worth it. And so once you're that, once, once we're establishing, like, let's go for it fucking now, I, I don't need to see Fultz and Jimmy and Simmons and Embiid on the court at the same time. That it just doesn't seem worth it for anybody it doesn't seem to maximize Fultz's strengths and it doesn't seem to help uh, spread the court for those guys to drive and do what they do best so I don't want to ever see that so let's just have Fultz run the second unit and just get things in the second unit drive and kick uh, he's still a good passer still athletic still active on the glass um, yeah it's uh, you know whether or not he trusts anybody I, I don't know but I, the we can talk about Hanlon in a sec but like he he has to know that he shot two of the weirdest free throws of all time. He's still not shooting threes. He knows he's not the same player that he was in college. Not, like not even close. Like the jumper's not even close to what it was in college. He knows it. Like he has to know. I know he's a kid, but like he has to know it. And so like as much as the team wants to encourage him and wants him to be good and wants to like let him play through it and gain confidence and all that stuff, and I think he is, and I, I know that there's for sure drawbacks of his game right now and you and you watch him and sometimes it's like fuck he's not doing anything he's not useful whatever but there's sometimes when he does feel a part of the team and he feels like he's getting better and he feels like he's more aggressive and he's picking his spots and he's like finishing inside and he's being more athletic all those things are great but like he has to know he has to know that he's fucked up in some in whatever way he's fucked up whether it's any of the number of conspiracy theories that it is or it's the yips 
or maybe his time in college was fake and we were fed doctored footage. I don't know. But he has to know that like he's not right yet. And so to to not trust anybody, whatever it's got to say to make yourself more motivated and stuff. But dude, like, come on, you know, you know, you he know. You can't trust nobody, even when you're not on social media. I mean, how many Sixers are on and also off social media? The list is, is growing by the minute. He, well, and I'll tell you, the, the Jimmy Butler thing was a good excuse to move him to the bench because it was coming anyway. Mm-hmm. And at least it happened, I don't know, For in a reason. way that made obvious sense. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, well, we'll talk about the, the free throw and the Drew Hanlon thing in a moment. Let's talk about our sponsor, the Colony Meadery. Mike, I was hanging out with Greg from the Colony Meadery last weekend at the uh, Sterling Pig in Media. Mead, a gluten-free alcohol made from honey. It's wonderful. It has no gluten. Illegal if there were to be gluten in the alcohol. And uh, they had one of the meads called Mini Mead, which is like a uh, made from raspberry blossom honey. Dude, the mini mead is the best of the colony meads. Um, it is like, you know how cider has this like annoying sort of like bite to it? Um, mm-hmm. it? It is like cider if you took away all the bite and maybe added a little bit of like white wine in there or something. It's good as shit, man. It goes down real easy. It's got a nice real alcohol content to it. I recommend it. And... In my fridge, Greg gave me a four pack of the Lick Face Mead, the Flavor Swapped, which is the pumpkin spice one with orange and vanilla. You can get all these. Check out all of the flavors at colonymeadery.com. You can also get their mead at the Meadery Tap Room in Allentown or at any Wegmans in Eastern PA. Um, check out all of the different flavors. I just recommend the mead. I specifically recommend the mini mead. Just try a four pack of it. Let me know what you think. Um, colonymeadery.com. Use code Ricky for $5 off. Must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. All right. You want to talk about faults now or the banning? Faults. (laughs) Faults. Keep it going. So the, uh, (laughs) the free throw, um, the, the one thing about the free throw that people, Ignore is it followed another horrible free throw, yeah. but the pump fake free throw was so bad that it made us forget about the other horrible free throw. Um, it also comes on the heels of the weird shoe tying incident, um, which was very strange. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then after the free throw, I wasn't watching at the time that it happened, but apparently the news from Alex Kennedy that he was no longer on speaking terms with Drew Hanlon mm. um, came out right after the free throw. Um, that they had they had broken up a few weeks ago. So, if if I may, may I say something about the Hanlon thing? Real please, quick? please say okay. something about the Hanlon thing. And who do you, so, who do you think told Alex Kennedy that he's not on speaking terms with Marco Fultz anymore? Who who could possibly well, it be? Okay, but here let me say this. Let me say this. Two things can be true. Drew Hanlon can. Three things can be true. Drew Hanlon can be a douchey attention seeker. Markel Fultz could have problems that Drew Hanlon could not fix. And also Drew Hanlon can also be good at his job. You know, like 
there are plenty of NBA players, including one Joel Embiid. Like, let us let us not forget that it was Joel Embiid that convinced Markel Fultz to go to Drew Hanlon, and Joel Embiid still goes to Drew Hanlon. Mm. So I, I think it is it is possible, even likely, that Drew Hanlon is pretty good at what he's doing. Um, I also think it could be possible that um, that like part of what happens when you go to Drew Hanlon is he does all this social like social media stuff like you know it becomes a thing people watch the videos. Um, I also think it could be true that th- that was the wrong thing for Markel Fultz, but that there also might not have been a right thing for Markel Fultz. Um, all the while, he could still be sort of annoying and gross. And I'm just sort of like glad that our time with him is done, I guess. That is my thought on Drew Hanlon. But everyone's like, Drew Hanlon's a fraud. Like nobody can fix Markel Fultz's fucking shot. Like, I don't know. I don't know if Drew Hanlon's a fraud. It, it seems like a Fultz problem to me, but I've had enough of Drew Hanlon and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, I feel that. Um, how do you feel about the timing of Alex Kennedy's tweet? So I think what could have happened, I, here's what I think is unlikely. What I think is unlikely, I, I, nobody wants to hear this. What I think is unlikely is Markel Fultz has a terrible free throw and immediately Drew Hanlon texts Alex Kennedy and tells him what he tells him. Or did Alex Kennedy text Drew Hanlon and, and yeah. Drew Hanlon responds to so, it? Right. So I think Alex Kennedy goes, yo, did you see that? What's up with your boy? And he's like, look, I haven't talked to him in three weeks. He doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And that, that, that's probably, like, Drew Hanlon would have, now it's possible he's a real dickhead, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like he would be in the business of trashing his own guys. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it, but I don't know. Who knows? It, my, if, I, if you made me bet, it would be that Alex Kennedy asked Drew Hanlon, and then Drew Hanlon answered that way. That's sure. that's what my guess would be. Still not so. great. No. Nah. Fuck Drew Hanlon, man. I'm gonna be. I'm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going on NBA desktop to talk about Drew Hanlon. So we'll see how that. We'll see how I, if I can contain myself when I do that. Uh, odds are, my guess is. <laughs> my guess is you've never been. Your specialty has never been containing yourself. No. Um, about yeah. Korkmaz, nor people who have wronged me. Um, <laughs> Never. Yeah. yeah, just uh, I don't know. It got what do you, worse. Did, did you? Re- it, well, it's gotten better and worse because, like, I think yeah. the pull-ups look good. Like, look pretty good, and I think better than they look. Certainly better than they looked last season, and occasionally better than they look uh, now. He's just a he's a rhythm shooter, and when he, when he has that little rhythm thing, he can rise up and and hit a decent shot without a crazy hitch and without holding the ball way in front of him or whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, the foul shots looks worse. It, it just comes and goes. So I don't know. Did you? How much did you read into the uh, all the Twitter conspiracies today in process, okay. in, the, in the annals of process Twitter? The depths. I, I got it. I've never seen anything, <laughs> and, and we've dealt with a lot over the last six years. I've never seen anything that has broken so many of our people. <laughs> Like this thing has broken them. Yeah. Like I looked at that thing today, and I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what should, the should, fuck should, do you?" Th- should, should we explain? Give some summary as to what it is from the people that aren't on Twitter or don't or so, have, didn't okay. happen to see this a, random thread. 
Yeah, and and by the way, he tagged us in it, and I looked at it, and I'm like, no way, buddy. And it sat up there for like six hours before anything happened. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing all these likes and retweets, and I mute the conversation, and Jack Fritz walks into my office, and he's like, so did you see the new conspiracy theory? And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) It's a thing. Uh, In a very short, short thing, it's basically a, a thing that says some guy on the internet discovered what was wrong with Markel Fultz, started to tell people in message boards and Twitter, and then as soon as this guy looked it up, it all was deleted off of the internet and Twitter, basically. Mm-hmm. And and what the, the article states- Between like is, 9 a.m. and- It was this guy, Ryan Daniels, that, that found it. He's the <laughs> an original tweet. And it was the guy who, who was it? This guy, Dr. Movement? <laughs> so weird. Is Barbara Boutini's- uh, so phone number involved it, somehow. What's going on? What a weird place. So, I love it. There were so many tweets and so many details. I got to the end of it, and I'm like, what, 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 what is the theory here? That, 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 so he, he summed up the theory at the end that the Sixers and the 87 doctors that, uh, that, uh, that looked at Markel Fultz all missed this. This one guy that never looked at him <laughs> nailed it and somehow was like cyber bullied into deleting it off the internet and that the Sixers know about it now but are continuing to play faults for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like guys, you just, they're fucking broken. Like look at, look at Drew Corrigan, the guy stuck on the internet typing in all caps about everything. He can't, he's, he's, it's broken everyone. Fucking legs is on the internet just every day. There's six tweets about how he's always going to believe in Markel Fultz. Like, it's, it's just, it's broken everyone, Mike. Everyone is broken because of this. And I don't even know how to talk about it. Let me pose a question to you. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have been this entire time, I think maybe one of the first people to say that it wasn't the shoulder. It was never the Uh shoulder. The whole time, it's like, guys, they're, they're, they're his, there's a, a fluid getting drained into and out mm-hmm. of his shoulder, and that's not real. All of these things are fake. What if I was wrong, and it is the shoulder, and it's been the <laughs> no, shoulder no. the whole time, and he's got nerve damage, and his no. nerves in his shoulder are crazy, only when he shoots foul shots, only when he thinks yep. about it, only when he <laughs> bends down to tie his shoe. Only when it happens. What if? Never when he dunks. Never, Never when he dunks. dunks. Never when he yeah. like jumps up and down to, to in tonight's game. He was covering the inbounder and jumping up and down and waving his arms in the air. Shoulder fine. <laughs> Shoulder perfectly fine. And that makes <laughs> sense medically. That makes sense. But only I'm, for foul shots. He has foul shooting nerve damage disease. <laughs> and I believe it. I believe it. I'm in. It was a, it's the shoulder. It's always in the shoulder. Nerves. It's fixable, correctable, and it only is fixable by playing him more and often off the bench for the Sixers. Now, I, I'm I'm looking at this article, which was deleted off the internet, but thankfully somebody on Reddit like had the Google cache oh, version of it. Thankfully, at it. So halfway through it, they're like, "Okay, so the reason Fultz can't raise his arm above his shoulder," and I'm like, "No, no, 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 Shooting free throws, A, does not involve raising your arm above your shoulder. Uh, and B, he raises his arm above his shoulder all the time. All the time. He's Stop. raising the roof on the bench nonstop. 
Stop it. I don't know. Stop it. I love Everybody it. Everybody It's it. tough. Yeah. Look, the Sixers are the weirdest team in sports and have been for quite some time. And just the amount of things that have happened to the Sixers or I can't tell if it's all happening to the Sixers or if they're responsible for it in some way. But uh, I forget. When did I read that? Was it for this Covington lottery party when I read? I forget when it was when I listed all the things that happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was this. No, 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 no. That was a while ago. Was that, that, was was like that two we years were right ago. before Christmas? Yeah, yes. It was a thing you wrote. Yeah. You did it on the podcast. Something like that. And then you wrote before, it. Yeah. Before the Heat series or something. I don't remember. Something uh, like that, yeah. So many things have happened since then. So many things. How many How many things keep happening? Zayer Smith might be dead. What's going on? Has anyone seen him? Markel Fultz, Drew Hanlon's balls. What's going on? How do these things keep happening to the Sixers? How? Mike, all I want to have is a normal fucking team at this point. I was so bored with the Sixers from like 04 to 2012. And I was like, they're, they're the least interesting team in the league. Nobody's talking about them. There's no Sports Center highlights. And now, how good we had it. Just give me a 46 win, six seed for the rest <laughs> that's of the all, That's it. We finally come back around. Finally. <laughs> Drew Hanlon is getting a hand job on the side of the court. Don't even talk about no it. No one said anything Don't even need about it. it. Yeah. I'm doing a show with Ben uh, Simmons, and that's not even the fucking no, tenth it's, story. It's, yeah, it's, that is the, the lowest thing on the totem pole. Um, before we get to our investigation of the Bill Simmons incident, our final sponsor for this podcast, L.L. Pavorsky Jewel. J.J. Reddick was involved in human trafficking. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on with this fucking bonkers organization? <sighs> Pay Korkmaz. 109, they, well, they can't now. Uh, 109 engagement rings sold by L.L. Pavorsky to rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners. Mike, the 31st annual L.L. Pavorsky holiday party, which happens at the store at 707 Walnut. I will be there with my wife. Um, Caba- have our Cabana holidays. Mini, yep, mini cheesesteaks um, and raising money for the Philadelphia Veterans Comfort House, December 8th, uh, 5 to 9 p.m. Huge sales and raffles um, for awesome jewelry and other prizes and a, a huge sale that night as well. Uh, Lee wants you to know that if you're good, if you want to buy an engagement ring or some jewelry for the holidays and you need his consultation, which you do for an engagement ring, get in touch with him now. Um, the Christmas time gets very busy for Lee and he wants to give you all of the attention that you deserve. Remember, if you go in there, you buy an engagement ring from Lee, you're going to get that special flat engagement ring box only for rights to Ricky Sanchez customers. That way you, you can slide it into your pocket when you're going to go to get engaged. Trust me, that's like a thing that you need. You don't know where you're going to put that giant engagement ring box. Uh, give LL a call, 215-627-2252. Tweet him at LL Pavorsky or just uh, send him an email at LLPavorsky.com. For every podcast, LL is making a generous donation to Coded by Kids and the Providence Animal Center, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. If his business was ran like the Sixers, he'd be in full jail. <laughs> okay, so I wake up on Monday morning to a, uh, a text message from Andrew Porter from WIP and several tweets, um, one from former Grantland uh, employee Eric Raskin, boxing writer, a couple other people, and this is like 6.30 in the morning. He said the name, he said the name, 
Bill said the name. This obviously is huge as um, Bill Simmons' band from the podcast. Uh, he has never said the name before. He has actively avoided saying the name. Um, but there were reports that he said the name. So, of course, we had to launch an investigation. Um, can, we, can we say who, who was he on the podcast with? So he was on the podcast reportedly with Cousin Sal. So it is his weekly podcast where they do Guess the Lines, and they've been doing this podcast. This is a pod, This is like a long-standing Bill podcast. One of the I I don't like pay as much attention to football teams besides the Eagles anymore, so I don't listen to it as much. But this was like one of my when I started listening to podcasts. This was like the Guess the Lines podcast was the one. So it was uh, it was him and cousin Sal. And the report was it happened one hour and seven minutes into the podcast, which was strange because it was a football podcast. He talked about Jimmy Butler at the beginning, but reportedly this did not happen um, until later on the podcast. So let me play the audio Please. and I'll tell you, uh, let me play the audio. So hold on, wait, let me do this, hold on. I have it already. Of course, as I have it ready, it's taking a moment. Um, here we go. I think Trubisky is starting to get – it reminds me a little bit of the Sixers with the process the first couple of years when everybody was so mad when they were losing intentionally. And then uh -huh. this small fan base of people who were convinced that Sam Hankey was bringing them to the light and that this was yeah. a new way to approach how to build a basketball team and they got named the process, the whole thing. Mm. And they just became these insufferable zealots for the process. Kudos to them, by the way. It was fun. Yeah. If they win this week, they have a game and a half advantage with six left. That'd be big. So the Trubiskyites I, remind me of those Sixer fans in the process, the, the early stages. Mm -hmm. I feel like, what, what, what should we call these people? The, the, the pro-Trubiskies. call them the Tate Frazier's of the world, I guess. Well, I he's, he's, well one of their, he's one of their leaders. There's no question. Right. He's like the dude... The dude, um, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy who who has the pot, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, Spike Eskin. Oh, okay. I think Tate Frazier can be their Spike Eskin. Yeah, but Mitch's bitches. I yeah, don't know what call him. that's the one. No, Mitch's bitches. <laughs> that, that's not <laughs> no. as catchy as the process. Oh, the process. Okay. <laughs> no, it's like it's like Trubisca, Trubiskites. Oh, okay, Trubiskites, Trub or Biskers, or I don't know some. The listeners, if you're out there, try to come up with a name for these Trubisky maniacs. Okay. So a couple things to note there. Yeah. First of all, uh, Cousin Sal had no interest in that conversation as he was not paying attention at all and thought Bill was talking about the Bears several times when Bill was talking about the Sixers. Um, he compared me to Tate Frazier, uh, which is a little insulting, but uh, did compare me positively to Tate Frazier. He did call our group insufferable, but that is accurate. Um, I think we take, um, we take pride in our insufferability. Um, Fail, he pretended- sort of failed, failed to notice and note that we were right. The process yes. did work and yeah. it was a new way to build a basketball team. Or at least not yep. new, at least the, the baldest, newest version of it. 
and we are now, especially owners of not owners. I don't know, possessing three top twenty-five players. So there's just an important thing to note, regardless yes. of whether you believe or don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, I do, incidentally, believe in Mitch Trubisky. I watched him once, and I was like, that guy's good. So there's a, an interesting uh, layer to it as well. Mm-hmm. He did have no trouble remembering the right Ricky Sanchez name, but did pretend to not remember mine. Yes. Um, he, and uh, and the, <laughs> the first point, knowing the name of the Ricky, said with the confidence of someone who's listened to it a couple times. Yeah, so important that you note here that this was not during the Sixers part of the podcast. He brought us up during the Bears part of the podcast. So it came into his mind. He was well aware of it. Yeah, and let me, and let me just say, said like the amount of confidence and, and self-assuredness yep. he said it with, I don't even have that level of self-assuredness. It's a horrible Nobody name of a podcast. Nobody wants to say it like that. I've, yeah. I, people have, over the last couple of days, I've happened to be mentioned the podcast or something, and people, I'm like, oh, what's the name of your podcast? People like get their phone out to like subscribe, I guess. And I'm like, oh no, uh, you don't want to, <laughs> please stop. You don't have to do that. Yeah. It's the rights to uh, Ricky Sanchez. Uh, uh yep. So, but he mean? said it. Even yeah. Chris Ryan yes. doesn't say it with that level of conviction. So, nope. I I want to know nervous every time you say I, as rightfully so. I want to know what podcast, what episodes he's listened to. Well, here's he must have heard Kill a Cow intros. There's no way somebody in that office didn't play him. Sure. that stuff. That's probably even true. the intros also, that happened 54 minutes into. Yeah, and this to me, I don't listen to Bill that much. I I really don't. Uh, but hearing. Bill do his own impression of himself made me reappreciate Killikal's impression of Bill. Yes. Not yep. far off. Now, of the two of us, I've always been more is interesting is I'm the one that banned him and I'm the one that t- tries to torment him, but I'm clearly the bigger fan of Bill of the both of us. Um, finally, I've won, I did I've won, some investigating. I have, one more, I have one more point, which you can get to okay. or whatever. I'll, okay. I'll say it after yours. Okay, uh, I did some investigating. People asked. Now we had uh, we had told Kevin O'Connor, who was also banned, that if he got Bill to say the name of the podcast, he would become unbanned. Kevin O'Connor had nothing to do with this. My investigation um, uh, uncovered. So this was Bill and Bill alone. Kevin had nothing to do with this. Uh, your final point. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice my name was nowhere near. No. Said, not even close. No, not even. And the other you guy, as if you yeah, do you the podcast even... by yourself, talking to yourself. Now, certainly, you do most of the legwork, but I'm here yeah. for it. I'm yeah. present, and I yeah. should be recognized as such. I don't know who the fuck cousin Sal is, but if he gets he gets to hear your name, he should have to hear mine as well. Right. If he's gonna pretend to forget my name, he should at least <laughs> pretend to forget. Sure, please as well. Spike yeah. asking and what the. The Jewy guy? Well, who's the other one? <laughs> That'd be fine. I'd be fine with it. So um, here, here is my um, decision, which you could void if you wanted to. This is a, uh, it's very difficult to have uh, decisions as there are only two people on the podcast. But um, I would like to go and uh, make the unprecedented move. It is the biggest sports podcast in the country, like over a million downloads for each one. And he very clearly said the name of our Sixers podcast during his Bears talk. Um, 
He knows what our podcast is. He said the name. Um, I would like to, on a probationary basis, unban Bill Simmons and give him six months to invite the both of us on to go over the details of the process. (laughs) And if he does not invite both of us on, within six months, he will become re-banned. Um, That's fair. What do you think about that decision? Well, is that a fair decision? I will be there tomorrow. Oh, at right. his offices, so I can feel things out and see if the air smells different or anything. Um, but as I am not an expert in the uh, uh, Bill Simmons realm mm-hmm. and uh, and the cousin Sal aspect of things, I will uh, I will vote. Uh, I will no. I will no vote. I will vote present. I'm here for the vote, but I okay. do not wage. I do not okay. register to vote one way or the other, but I do unofficially uh, respect the six month probationary period. Okay, so for the first time ever, someone has been unbanned. Bill Simmons is unbanned. Um, just a shocking move. He has six months from today, November fourteenth, to invite us on to one of their podcasts Wait, one with second, him one on second. it. Is, yeah. is six months from today or very close to six months from today, the date of the lottery? December, January, February, March, April, May. Yes, it, it actually... It's six months from I believe exactly it. today because the lottery is Tuesday, May, <laughs> May 14th. 14th. So it's six months from right today. <laughs> and the so, fire so, engines are yes, going so, off all around my neighborhood in celebration of that fact. Can you imagine if we reband Bill the night of the lottery? <laughs> <laughs> when the Sixers so get the number one pick. Yep. Uh, all right. I gotta. I'm, I gotta edit this and go to bed. Do you have anything before? Uh, just that Tibbs played Covington forty-one minutes tonight. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Did they win? Game one. They did win. They beat. They beat Drew. Just our our our, our little babies everywhere, all over the place. Wow. Okafor there that night too as well. Sarich. O- Okafor the DNPCD, beautiful, beautiful stuff mm. from from Ja. Yeah. Uh, Dar- Dario three of seven for nine in a plus seven. Uh, Covington four of eleven for thirteen. Seven boards, two assists, two steals, and a block. Just filling it up in a plus four. Forty-one minutes. Led the team in minutes by by three full minutes. Led the team in minutes. First game back. Wow. How about the irony of us of the the Covington versus Wiggins argument, and there they are together, yes. sharing a sharing a line. Wiggins took twice as many shots, and only ended up with a minus five in thirty eight minutes. They were a plus twelve when he was off the court. Sure, would be nice to see those guys again. Sure, would be nice. Um, all right, uh, we will talk to you again this weekend. After more Sixers games, oh, I'm, uh, I'll be at the home opener, or not the home opener, the Jimmy Butler home opener on Friday night, so we'll be able to talk about that this weekend. Um, all right, are you done with TTP? Yeah. You know, like We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Copying of 
was in town as done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on a missile.